Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, all about the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL, featuring insider and outsider perspectives. Enjoy the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Now here are your hosts, Jess Root and Seth Cox. Hello, Arizona Cardinals fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast. I'm your host, Jess Root from CardsWire.com, the USA Today NFL Wire site. And with me recording on Tuesday night at the start of free agency is Seth Cox from RevengeOfTheBirds.com, Arizona Cardinals site from SB Nation, and also one of the hosts of the original Draft Breakdown podcast. If you recall, last week we had two episodes with with Seth and his co-host from the, his podcast, uh, Justin Higdon, as we broke down the the prospects and the performances at the NFL Combine last week as well. We had an interview with Calvin Beecham, um, though you know, spoiler alert, as you guys already know, is coming back to the Cardinals, and this is our first free agency, our first free agency show, episode four hundred eight. Seth, um, we didn't get to do a free agency preview this year, just how how our the show schedules worked out because of the combine and everything. And so we didn't really do a free agency preview. Normally we talk about um, which of the players they should resign. We kind of target players. And so we'll, we'll only kind of do that a little bit, but it, doesn't it feel like we're a little bit less prepared for free agency this year? And maybe it's just because we don't know what the plan is exactly. Yeah. I think that's, it's more that like, it's not as easy when you, I think, you know, we'll talk about one of the signings. We we got word that they had their eyes on two Eagles defensive players, and and then they were going to kind of budget their way through the rest of this, right? And and we assumed that the reports of a a rebuild in in year one were true, but you know, you you only believe things as as they come out and, you know, they created cap space with some moves with, you know, restructuring D or I guess moving some of DJ Humphrey's uh, bonus money and, and doing thing, you know, releasing Marcus golden, just some small moves, but they have, I think they had the smallest roster in the NFL, right? They, they needed 32 players to fill out their <laughs> roster, which is really unheard of. I mean, you don't usually go into free agency needing to sign 32 players. Yeah, um, it, it, that could be – it will be interesting to see what they end up with and and how many undrafted guys they end up bringing in ultimately – uh, if I recall, back in 2018, they brought in a massive load of, of undrafted rookies. And then in the last couple of years, since the COVID year, um, they relied on their previous year's scouting and brought in, like, not true. They, they were non-rookie guys that hadn't really gotten a chance anywhere. They were, they were previous, they were, they were undrafted players from, like, 2019, 2018, and that's kind of been the strategy up the past couple of years. But it'll be interesting. Like, the roster is, I mean, far, far from done. And and free agency hasn't done much. Uh, Marcus Golden's release makes sense in a lot of ways because he was not productive last year. Um, it saves them money. And, and, and honestly, he probably doesn't yeah. fit this defense. Right. And, and you're talking about a new, um, you know, a brand new organization new coaching staff so that those cuts are going to come uh those cuts are going to happen you're just going to have to it's one of those situations where 
you can't get to or fall too in love with anyone on the roster at this point because we just truly don't know what this staff and organization thinks of anything, right? Absolutely. In this edition of the show, episode 408, what we're going to talk about is the is the one external signing that we know of, and that's uh, linebacker Kaiser White. Talk about him. We're going to talk about the re-signings the Cardinals have done, uh, or the guys that are re-signing. Uh, we're going to look at the loss of the Cardinals' two most most notable free agents, and then discuss what they still need to do, which seems to feel like anything. It, it, all of Monday after the be, after the beginning of the legal tampering period, it felt like collectively on social media we were all waiting on that meme about the Cardinals and the stick figure poking a stick on a dead guy's like do something do something that's kind of what it's been so far and we've gotten little to no action but let's start things off there has been one one signing from outside the organization the cardinals bring in kaiser white uh linebacker uh former former los angeles charger for four seasons uh played for the eagles last season and was productive 110 tackles a sack and a half seven pass breakups he he joins the Cardinals on a two-year deal with a max of $11 million. We'll actually see what the actual numbers come out to be. It seems like that's a pretty um, yeah, modest when you, deal. When you talk about max of $11 million, that includes like incentives and stuff for those yes. that don't get what that verbiage means. And like Jess said, that's, that's uh, cheap. And not in a negative way. Uh, and That's probably just, is more like a two-year, $8 million kind of deal, I'm guessing. Right. Like, yeah. Like, he can earn an extra $1.5 million a year based on X, Y, and Z stuff. And and so, you know, that's that's a – you know, we got word Monday, I guess it was – yeah, Monday. So, Sunday or Monday. I, I don't remember. It all blends together at this point. But that the two guys – that they were looking at were not TJ Edwards, which you and I had, you know, speculated way back in February after they signed Jonathan Gannon, but instead Kaiser White and safety Marcus Epps. I think the Marcus Epps one surprised me more than Kaiser White. Right. Even though he obviously did not sign with Cardinals, ended up going for uh, I think two years and twelve million, or three years and eighteen million to the good, Raiders. Yeah, uh, the, the Cardinals did not need to spend that More much on money a on a safety when they've got Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. The interesting thing about like with T.J. Edwards, and then he was one of the first free agents to get off the board uh, going and, to the Bears. And you and I, I, and you and I, let's be honest we we saw those numbers and we were like, that's it. Like, right, right. They they spent more money on Tremaine Edmonds, and Edwards apparently was content with a little bit less. Um, By the and, way, can we just can we just agree that it's insane that they traded Roquan Smith and then paid two people <laughs> way more money to replace him? Like, um, yeah, that like it's Bears are gonna crazy. Bears, right? But yeah, so I mean, you look at it, they came back with Kaiser White, um, and it makes sense. I mean, they need they needed people that were comfortable in this defense, right? Right, and that's one of the most important things is that um, what we're what we I'm certain we're going to see um, as there are large and small free agent additions is that we will see offensive players that have some sort of connection to the offense that Drew Petzing's going to lead and then connections to Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rollis and this, the defensive system. And Kaiser White made, made a ton of sense. I will say this. The fact that they didn't go out and get T.J. Edwards tells me one thing very interesting, and, I be, and it is whether it was coming from the top or the belief in this coaching staff in Zayvon Collins. Because T.J. Edwards, who was the quarterback of that Eagles defense, they let him. They they don't pursue him, or maybe they pursued him and just. But it, it seemed like there was. It couldn't have been much pursuit because 
It was it, almost immediately a, after 9 a.m. on Monday when T.J. Edwards' deal came on came across the across social media. Right, and it also wasn't an absurd number like right. Javon Hargrave, right? Like it wasn't like holy cow, you gave a 31 year old a four year, 80 million dollar contract. Um, I mean, let's be honest. A, a name we'll talk about later got a bigger deal, and I was and you and I were kind of like. Wow. Um, I, I'm really surprised that he got that much guaranteed. And so when it when it came up, um, it was, you know, it was interesting to see uh, how it all kind of um, played out because I, I did not expect them to go after Edwards. I was a little surprised that they uh, were able to get Kaiser white for, I feel like it's a really, I mean, she, I don't want, I don't want it to come across as like saying cheap, but I, I mean like that's a very team friendly deal on a guy that's, he's been super productive the last two years, statistically. He had right. 110 and, and, tackles last year for the Eagles, had 130-something tackles for the Chargers the year before. And something I don't know if you caught, but he's, like, been the best uh, cover guy in the league the last couple of years. And so we know how much that's killed the Cardinals, right? Like, um, you know, especially – tight ends and and you look at you look at the tight ends that this cardinals play here's what i was looking for uh next gen stats white is the only player to be targeted at least 100 times over the last two seasons and allow fewer than five yards per target that's like that's and that's that's linebackers yeah defensive backs like so this is a dude that this is a dude that ends up you know really just doing a nice job on defense and that's you know that's a big deal because now all of a sudden you you have some options with the two young guys that are there right now that that's the question now that we need to ask is what do they do now like what is the role white will have that like what makes the most sense is for White to play exactly the same role he did for the Eagles last year. That said, it felt like, and we talked about this on on an earlier show, it felt like in that defense that Isaiah Simmons was perfectly matched for that Kaiser White role and perhaps a more talented version of Kaiser White. But with Kaiser White in, you know he's going to start and because they've got three linebacker positions that they need, they've got some options. So we can assume perhaps, just on paper, Zayvon Collins will play middle. The, the quarterback of the defense, Kaiser White, would play the role that he had in Philly. And then Simmons would be in the Reddick role. Uh, maybe the Reddick role looks different this year, but it seems like it would be that. I mean, maybe. Yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, it's just tough right now because I guess you can ask the question, like, are they going to play the defense the same or are they going to deploy a true, like, 4-3 and because of the athletic ability of both Kaiser White and Isaiah and coverage ability of Kaiser White and Isaiah Simmons, you don't need those extra corners on the field right? Like you don't need to bring in or like safeties, you know? So all of a sudden now you've got matchup guys in, in Simmons, White. Um, you can almost Baker stay and Thompson. base. Like yeah. you never have to sub almost at right. all. And and with the teams they play that run the ball, that might be a, a huge benefit to them. Yeah. And if they got yeah, that might be the case, um, especially – it, well, down think downside is that, but I, I figure like if they're if they're going to, so there is that there is that possibility where you have uh, Collins in the middle and then White and and Simmons both of your four three outside backers um, who are flexible, play in space, drop in coverage, sometimes blitz, 
um, basically making it since since we know Simmons can play in the slot and, and perhaps that is the role that they project for him as well. You never have to change. And, and, and for an offense, you look at the defense and you don't know. It, it disguises a lot of things of what they want to do. Um, if we want to kind of change it up, well, perhaps they'll put White in the quarterback role at middle, uh, have Simmons in the White role, uh, which is the more coverage, and maybe Zaven Collins gets, um, or maybe even Zaven Collins is they project a, a position change where he rushes at the end because he's built like uh, Philly. That he's honestly he's built like the four three rush edge rushers that the that the Eagles employed. Um, in Philly, or he could play the the rush linebacker role and be a bigger, longer version of of Reddick. Say they draft Will Anderson, they plug him in at the at the rush linebacker, and Zaven plays D end. That seems like a lot of work, but there's it seems like there are a lot of possibilities of what they could do. Yeah, and that's what makes it fun, right? Coming up next on the Rise Up Sea Red Podcast, the best of Cardinals talk on the web. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about uh, free agency. Only this time, we've got guys coming back. What That's coming up next on Rise Up Sea Red. We're back on the Rise Up Sea Red Podcast, the best of Cardinals talk on the web. Two-year deals appear to be the, um, the trend. Uh, thus far, at the time of recording on Tuesday night, the Cardinals have announced... Oh, no. There have there are three announced and one other reported, but four of their own free agents return. Uh, the first that broke was Kelvin Beecham, who returns on a two-year, uh, just more than $5 million salary. Kicker Matthew Prater is back on a two-year deal. We don't know the, 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 the numbers on that contract yet. Running back Corey Clement gets a one-year deal, a guy that you, you might heck. Most Cardinals fans probably won't recognize that name at all because he spent only half a year with the Cardinals. And then lastly, reported on Tuesday night, not reported yet by the team, but right guard Will Hernandez is brought back on a two-year, $9 million deal. Um, and his prove-it deal pays off with a little bit of security. Um, what are your thoughts on Beecham's uh, return? You know, it's surprising in the sense that, you know, we were curious what they were going to do uh, with Josh Jones, especially after he played so well in his, in his like, opportunity to finally be the guy. Um, but, you know, people always say it's really hard to move a guy from the right or the left side to the right side. He looked obviously much more comfortable on the left side. So I guess it makes sense because you don't have anybody in house that you're comfortable with now on the right side. So we'll see how that works out and everything, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of see how this is deployed now. Like, do they have, four positions along the offensive line secured do they only have three like is dj humphreys on the market is josh jones on the market um you know and you know if they do have four are they really really going to be um are they really really going to be interested in putting a rookie pivot in the middle of, you know, uh, a line hypothetically of DJ Humphreys, Josh Jones, rookie, Will Hernandez, and Kelvin Beecham. Because at one point you look at it and you say, okay, a rookie can make sense because they're fairly veteran laden. I mean, yeah, Jones is going into his fourth season and doesn't have a ton of starts under his belt, but he's been around the NFL a lot. But on the flip side, you know, it's like wouldn't you want somebody Right. Uh, we saw we saw a rookie center on the offensive line in twenty eighteen with Mason Cole. Um that was rough, to say the least. Granted, it was with rookie quarterback and Josh Rosen, so it was the combination of that. But it's, it's interesting to me 
and that will obviously the center position is what we're going to be addressing a little bit later in the show. The Beecham contract was surprisingly low. He's played. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like a security blanket. Right. You, doesn't, doesn't it feel like? It does, because he's making just the league minimum the next two seasons. And, and when I talked to Beecham, he was looking for some, some security. He was also looking to compete. So uh, on the surface, like he, like he, uh, I think, is that he's getting the league minimum this year. He's getting, he's getting a little more than $2 million in a signing bonus. His contract makes it to where he could be a starter or he could be a reserve um, we know one thing for sure. Beecham can play both left tackle and right tackle. He was a left tackle for his entire career until he came to Arizona when he switched to the right side. When I talked to him last week, you know, he's learned to play the right side. When he had the opportunity to play left tackle last year, he said it felt good. Like he, he feels he can still play the position. So my guess is unless they're planning on, unless they already have the plan to move Josh Jones Two left guard is something that Justin Pugh suggested on on social media could work. Um, perhaps the goal is to have the two compete um, for for the starting job, since neither one of them has any true connection to the coaching staff there now. Uh, previously, they can they can go with a true competition and see how that goes. Um, but and if Jones beats him out. Then Beecham's Beecham's contract is not prohibitive, and and the fact that they gave him there are playing time incentives in 2024 um, means that at least if they if they move forward with him in 2024, that that there's just they they're not expecting him to start. There would be a bonus for him to do that. Yeah, and I think that would be a great way to look at it, right? Like a guy that can come in and be the starter if need be, but if not, you have a veteran backup. Um, obviously, we don't know. the. Did we get the guaranteed money yet? Yes, his the guarantee is just the signing bonus and his salary this year. And so it's three and a quarter million it's a little more 1.1 million in this year's salary he's guaranteed his salary this year and just the signing bonus which is a shade over two million okay so yeah so i mean i think you know i think it's also one of those things that you could probably you know if he is your backup like you said it's a veteran minimum basically and then you can move on kind of quickly if you need to yeah but He's not a bad guy to have on the roster in the same sense. And and honestly, he's a. Despite what he said about Kyler, people are taking that seriously. Um, he said kind of the same thing last offseason. He's well respected in the locker room. Um, he's a great great in the community. He's he's a great guy to have on the football team. Um, but Matthew Prater, how surprised are you that he has returned? Uh, not only is back, but on a two year deal. He's going to be thirty nine this season. Missed four games uh, with the hip injury. Um, are like I'm not surprised, and the truth is, I guess for me, there aren't there aren't a ton of kickers that are that are that are going to be better for the money, right? Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, people get so caught up in the the financial aspect of things, but. The reality just becomes this was a this was the fit and it made the most sense um, for for them and the team and that's what you know that's what they ended up doing and so um, you know it's it's one of those situations where I think it 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 just makes sense and from there you just kind of you know go yeah. Um, well, and I think the fact that the fact that they were they brought back Jeff Rogers as a special teams coordinator, there was a comfort level. Um, yeah, with that. yeah, and and then it just makes it easier, right? Like there's just one less thing, which means we know you, you got to like Aaron Brewer's got to be coming back, right? You would expect. And does that <laughs> mean Andy Lee's coming back? I, I mean that. I think of of the three. I think the least likely or the most likely not to be back is Lee. Um, 
because you've got a guy in Nolan Cooney, Cooney on the roster who's who's done a little work and held for him. But but they'd have a full. But they need to get someone in so they can have a full off season because Andy Lee, Aaron Brewer, Matt Prater makes the kicking game automatic. Take one piece out of that, and it's very questionable. Right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'll be interested to see what the numbers come in at. He he got basically, I think it was two years, four and a half million when he signed two years ago. Um, the spot track, their, his projected or, or calculated market value was at like three and point seven. We've been like getting a two year, seven and a half million dollar year. I don't, I, I would, I wouldn't guess the Cardinals would pay that much for for a kicker, but um, maybe. Maybe that's something that they well, and let's think of it this way: Did Monty Austin Fort come from the Patriots, where they had incredible stability a kicker for a long time, and were paying top dollar for kickers for a while, going from Andrew right. Terry to to Steven Eskowski. So maybe maybe that is somewhere where they're willing to spend a little bit of money. Um, Corey Clement, he was um, mainly special teams. He they were he was signed after Jonathan Ward went down, but had played himself into a rotation by the end of the season. Um, he is a formal eagle, but he has no ties to this coaching staff because he was he was on um, he was on the Cowboys the year before, and so he left the Eagles um, after Doug Peterson left. So he would had connections to Doug Peterson, but not to Nick Sirianni and company there. Um, are you surprised at that? No, no, he, uh, you know, again, we're talking about 30, whatever it was, 32 coming in. So there's going to be a lot of fillers yeah. right now. And at and, and and minimum, he's, again, comfort level veter- with Jeff Robertson, Jeff Rob Rogers on, on special teams. Right. A veteran presence that has comfort with the special teams guy that in, in a, with, I mean, let's be honest, and this is something that we haven't you know, had a huge, huge discussion about, but, um, you know, you mentioned Monty and, and his background. And then you look at coach JG and his background and we're probably looking at some potentially very conservative coming, you know, football here. Um, so what is one of the keys to having a conservative, but good football team is solid special team. So, you know, it doesn't guarantee him anything, right? Like, but they are going to put an emphasis on the special teams and, and making sure that that's a lockdown thing because that's, you know, a big deal for, for guys like Gannon and Austin Port. And truthfully, he also kind of fits the offensive skill set. Um, he doesn't have a relationship. He hasn't war- played for Drew Petzing before, but if you look at his coaching tree, um, he does He does come from that same offense. Um, Doug Peterson, Andy Reid, and guess what? Clement played in that, that Doug Peterson offense. He's a kind of like it, it, he, the way he projects if he plays, he's a true third bound back. <laughs> he can he can get you a little bit of production in the running game. Um, they liked the way he blocked in, in the passing game last year, which is why he earned some playing time. So he potentially could be a third down back type player uh, just to coming in for, for you know sparingly things like that so you get a little bit of upside in that sense plus special teams I can't imagine he's going to get anything more than the league minimum or one of those one of those contracts that gives cap relief because it's structured in a way where he gets a little bit of guaranteed money like it's the lead minimum or a little more than the league minimum and it counts less against the cap than other things but it was interesting that he he's one of the first signings right. is that that's he, kind of the, the the interesting part not just for for signings, but like he was part of the first group that was announced. I mean, Beecham and Prater, you kind of you know, you're like, oh, that, that makes, makes sense. sense. And you're like, Corey Clement, <laughs> you're like, oh. and, then, and then they tacked Clement on to the end, and you're and like, he actually signed because the other two were agreed to terms, and Clement was like, I'm in there, I'm putting ink to paper. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not letting this take this out. Yeah. The, the like, last one is is Will Hernandez that hasn't been announced, but it was reported Tuesday night. Um, you know. 
based on the way he played last year, he makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, uh, he was consistent last year. It gives them um, a little. He he his edge is sometimes over the edge, but he plays with the edge. He's he's a dog, uh, and then in terms of and he's big and he's athletic, and you, you kind of look at. And you, you've talked about if there's a, a comp out there for some of the offensive linemen out there, a guy that's been connected to the Cardinals is TCU Steve Avila, who comps very closely with Hernandez as the type of player um, and and physical build. Yeah, and it, I mean, I think you just need some nasty on that line, something that, you know, outside of like what J.R. Sweezy was the last guy, like we have a lot of nice players and and nice guys but you need a little bit of uh nasty on that and that's not hump that's not Beecham. you know jones hasn't really shown that so you need a hernandez out there and and you know a guy like uh like you said like avila or a guy like um oh shoot the guy's uh a whipler from ohio state right like you need a guy like that if they're gonna go the the um, rookie route. If not, then, you know, you got some more options, but that, you know, like you said, that gives you a little, that gives you the little bit more of a, a badass, which is, you know, let's be honest, they, they were kind of missing. And, and honestly, it's, it's a good thing for them to do. It was Hernandez played well when he played, uh, he had the, the peck injury. You know, it's crazy. And, it's crazy that these guys come to Arizona and then all of a sudden they get hurt. <laughs> like, and his was a fluke thing. So it's not like it wasn't like a soft tissue injury, like, a, you know, like a calf or a hamstring, but we've seen that with other guys. But like, it's crazy that this guy that's been this big physical guy that's still in his prime comes to Arizona. And then, you know, we heard it like, torn pack and so like he must have not obviously torn it off the bone no or he, on, on or, hard knocks it said it was a strain yeah and so or he really is just a badass and, <laughs> and like he was like no nah, i'm good i'll just play, well I'll play and i'm sure he's i'm sure um because he was on that one year deal he probably knew that he needed to come back and play yeah and again that i mean that will endear him to his teammates and the and fans and things like that, um, you know, to be the enforcer and tough guy. And, you know, he, he was unfortunately, you know, thrown out of a game, which, you know, in hindsight was an absurd call by the official. Cause he wasn't trying to do anything to the official. He was trying to get to his guys to help, but like, that's the type of player and guy he is. And, and like you said, that's kind of, one of the bigger things that the Cardinals have missed in terms of just having somebody that owns that, um, you know, that, like you said, borderline dirty, um, <laughs> you know, the he guy plays that, with nasty, he plays with yeah, nasty. the guy that all the other fan bases hate, you know, from <laughs> the Cardinals and, and, and they just, I mean, quite frankly, they just haven't had that. And so, you know, that's what he brings, and that's what you like to see. Coming up next on the Rise Up Seared podcast, Mr. R. Cardinals Talk on the web. Let's talk about the, the losses that they've had in free agency so far. Zach Allen and Byron Murphy. That's coming up next on Rise Up Seared. We're back on the Rise Up Seared podcast, Mr. R. Cardinals Talk on the web. Uh, the Cardinals' two most high-profile uh, free agents, Zach Allen and Byron Murphy, both are gone, which sadly means the entire 2019 draft class minus Kyler Murray is no longer on the roster with only Michael Dogby with the potential to be back. And Michael Dogby has not remained on the roster. He's been cut about 10 times and re-signed. So the 29, 2019 draft class that we all felt pretty good about. Adios. <laughs> Andy Isabella, gone. Um, now Byron Murphy, gone. Zach Allen, gone. Uh, Hakeem Butler gone, Lamont Gilliard, Josh Miles, Michael Dogby, everyone gone. Caleb Wilson didn't even make any roster. Um, but Zach Allen gets a three-year 
more than a $45 million deal to go to the Denver Broncos and follow Vance Joseph. Um, and Tuesday night, before that, just a little bit before the show was recorded, uh, Byron Murphy, two-year deal, $22 million to go to the Minnesota Vikings, where he replaces Patrick Peterson, who after two years goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, thoughts on losing either? Because it, didn't it feel like the... I felt like it would have been good to bring back one of them. But then we kind of got the... I almost got the vibe from Monty when he talked at the Combine, that he was prepared to move on from both of them. Yeah, and I think it's one of those situations where the team, it it goes back to what we talked about with, uh, it goes back to what we talked about with, like, Golden. Like, these guys, it's easier for them to move on, right? They have no rapport with them. But I will say this, you and I were, we had heard that that Zach was going to ask that Zach wanted 460 or about 15 million a season. And I don't think you and I were overwhelmed by that. I think 448, you know, 336 was probably closer to where we felt comfortable with that, but it was the guaranteed, you know, he wanted he wanted half guaranteed and it's like geez man like and he got you he got you denver yeah you've not been able to play a whole season your entire career um somebody's gonna guarantee you and they guarantee two-thirds like they yeah. did three they did basically you know three virtually 346 and guaranteed 32 and a half yeah. and you're just kind of like i mean that said go, Go get it, man. That Go said, he he's. I mean, for him, it makes all the sense of the world because he's going to be playing in the same defense where he has statistically and impact in terms of impact has improved each year. Um, he is he's a a poor man's version of JJ Watt. Um, and it's impo- you can't you can't put him on the same level as JJ Watt, but he does a lot of the same things and. And in terms of his impact, I, I think for sure I, he's not defensive player of the year material. But I think the next step for him, I think he's easily a ten sack a year type guy. Well, and I think he is, and that's and that's where this gets tricky. And this is where I end up being okay with him moving on. And I think you tend to agree. And I don't want to speak for you, but you know, you look at it. You've got a guy in in. Zach Allen, who, you know, had a career year and, you know, we always laugh that it's convenient, right? That the, he had a career year and, in uh, his final year of his contract, you know, five and a half sacks, uh, 10 tackles for loss, you know, 20 quarterback hits. He had a, he had a really solid season and he still missed four games. Yeah. And well, so he, he improved every, like, the, the he thing did. for he me got... that I have a hard time with is that you have a guy in the building. Now, granted, the, the, the original evaluators, the original coaches aren't there anymore, but he's improved every single year. You see the type of impact that he has. He has positional versatility because you could put him out on the edge, even at, at the 280 that he weighs, 280, 290. You can put him as, as, as a straight edge rusher off the edge. You can play him in the interior. He has that sort of positional versatility like J.J. Watt. He's improved every year. And what we're going to see is him break out with another team. A Cardinals draft pick that once again breaks out with some other team, which is extremely frustrating, especially for a guy who's at a position that the Cardinals badly need right now. Their defensive line right now, the guys that they have under contract, are Lecky Fotu and Rashard Lawrence. Right. That's and it. Here's, yeah, the only thing I would say to that is, you know, they gave him – um they gave him basically a million dollars per game he's played like not a million dollars per sack or anything like that like like he's played in 45 games in his four seasons um you look at Draymond Jones who was you know the the bigger named or or you know guy that that's he's replacing in Denver and Jones went to Seattle 
on a similar deal. He got three years, 51 million. And Jones in his career has played in 56 games, so 11 more games. He has 22 sacks compared to Allen's 11 and a half. And he has 28 tackles for loss compared to, you know, Allen's 21. So you, you ask the question, you know, you're paying in, in Allen, you're paying for what you're hoping. Right he can stay healthy and do because we have seen him produce healthy, like, but five and a half is his cap so far. And that's in 13 games. So, you know, if, if, you know, is he going to be able to get to six and a half or seven and a half to replace Draymond Jones? And if he does, which will be good, don't get me wrong. But if he does that, you know, is he going to be able to do it for 16, 17 games? Because he never has, this isn't, you know, this isn't negativity. This is just reality. He's just never done it. And that's what the Cardinals were like. I don't, we can't, we can't pay you that right now based on the fact that you've just never been healthy. But what about Byron Murphy? Two years, 22 million in terms. I was a little of- surprised by this one. Yeah. Uh, that I, and The only thing I have to say about this is that, and I heard that, um, I heard that they lowballed him. And of course they did. Um, the one thing, like eleven million a year for a cornerback that you know can play inside and out, um, and is honestly in terms of skill set is versatile in what he can do. Uh, he, he he play he can play well in zone. He can play man to man. He he's someone who's able to do that. He's got length. He's strong. He's a he can make plays on the ball. I that's hard to replace. Now. That said, and so that that's the one that upsets me a little bit more, because also at cornerback the Cardinals have nothing. They've got Marco right. Wilson and they've got Christian Matthew. Marco Wilson, that he's promising. Christian Matthew was a sixth round rookie who's twenty five years old entering the league, um, and they don't have anybody else. Um, well, well, let me ask you this, and and I don't disagree. Right, I don't disagree, and I we don't know obviously if they were in on James Bradbury or not, but you know, an eleven million feels low, or we you know we had heard it was going to be closer to sixteen, so obviously eleven is a lot better. But let me ask you, I mean, James Bradbury, who's head and shoulders above um, Byron Murphy as a player, um, got three thirty eight. A value that can hold up to forty-four million, but three thirty-eight with twenty guaranteed, you know, and, and Murph gets two twenty-two. Um, so, was it really a deal? Because I mean, you're talking, you're talking, you know, twelve five-ish, twelve six-ish for for Bradbury, and the only thing that Murphy has over him is age you know he's going to be 30 and i think murph's only going to be 25 but again you're talking about a guy that has never or has played a full season once in his career um and with young guys young athletes you don't you know that's the old joke is you don't hear about a guy that used to have a bad back. That that you know, is the that's the one thing that I wonder about. I will say this: he ended up being like last year before he got hurt. He was so good. Yeah, he was playing. Great. He was and and for the first time in his career, he's playing almost exclusively on the on the boundary. And we keep we've been hearing forever just how much like they feel he's one of the best slot corners in the NFL, and we felt like he didn't play elite in the slot but then the, he was playing there outside lining up against the top corners he, he played he's playing out of his mind good that said the one thing i can i can i can understand why the cardinals wouldn't do it because they are the team that knows exactly everything is. about yeah. his back they they their their doctors treated him they dealt with what that so uh, i'm guessing is that there were long-term concerns, and, and that's probably why he only got a two-year deal. But if I had to guess, the Cardinals probably came in at one year, eight million, maybe or something similar. But is that? I mean, and that's, and the that's thing. fair, right? But I mean, and, and that goes back to the Allen thing. Like we love 
Zach Allen, but there was no way you could guarantee him $33 million. There's just no way. This dude has never played a full season. You know, Murph, I know he played 16 last year, so I, you know, I don't want to be pedantic, but like. Yeah, the only game he missed was COVID. Right. 2021. But like this dude has been nicked up his entire career and 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 that comes with this is something that justin and i have been talking about on the podcast you know when you talk about guys like byron murphy and then um who was the kid last trent mcduffie and then we've talked about it this year with devin witherspoon there's a genuine concern with how they play the game because they are so physical despite their size you know they list him at 511 190 he's probably closer to 180 um but he doesn't play like it right he's a he's a physical guy that likes to play aggressively and i don't think people understand how small that is comparative to a guy like patrick peterson who always gets a bad rap about not being you know overly physical like peterson plays in the two two tens and he started his career at about 220 and had to lean down throughout his career right and so like that's the you know and so you know murphy plays and this is gonna sound bad it's not it's a compliment murphy plays recklessly like he loves to be physical mix it up play with the run and that's what people love about him but then he's always nicked up. He's always missing time. He's missing snaps because he's dealing with the shock of that. And so to your point about the back, like if the, if the um, staff says like, man, this is a guy that missed eight games this year with a back issue. We don't see it just getting better. Like overnight, it's tough to be like, all right, we'll, we'll match this 11 million a year. And that's not saying he's not worth it because obviously he is somebody paid it to him, but I just don't know if you can, you can do that. Like, because here's the, here's the biggest thing. And let, let me get your opinion on this. If you, if you sign Murphy, obviously you still have a need at cornerback, but it goes down, right? Like it's not, it's not the DEFCOM you know, one that it is right now in Cardinals land, right? Of they got to find a corner. Like all of a sudden it's like, okay, it's, you know, then you go back to the D line. You're like, oh man, they need an edge or, or something. So. Yeah. When you bring in, if you re-sign Murphy, at least what you do is you, you might be set. You might be set, but depending on what your plan is for, for like Isaiah Simmons, you might only need two starters and then guys to develop, um, like like a, like an Antonio Hamilton. Whether it's that, but uh, an Antonio Hamilton like player where you come, you're comfortable with him starting, but he can do other things as well. That that's the thing. So, what is the plan at cornerback moving forward? Like that that's the thing. Are they going to be able to sign someone who's even as good as Murphy, that is the question moving forward. And and are they going to do it for more or less money? Is it going to be an older guy? The defensive line still needs work. But and in fact, that's what we're talking about next. So coming next on the Rise Up Secret Podcast, the best of Cardinals talking the way. Let's wrap things up talking about what the Cardinals badly need to do. Still, what do they need to do in free agency? Still, that's coming next on the Rise Up Red. We're back on the Rise Up Red Podcast, the best of Cardinals talking the web. We 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 know what the Cardinals have done. What do they still need to do? And obviously, cornerback and the defensive line are are critical, critical, critical things because on the defensive line, they only have two guys under contract. One who is a starter quality in in, in Rashard Lawrence, but also can't stay healthy. Hasn't stayed, like, since his last year of college, has missed time with with injuries. Lecky Fotu, he hasn't quite taken the steps to be very good or even starter quality good. And then, like, Jonathan Ledbetter you can re-sign, but they haven't announced but that. He's an exclusive rights guy. On, at cornerback, you've got Marco Wilson. He's going to be on the roster, presumably. And then you've got Christian Matthew. Um, I don't like, – you, you can't go into the season thinking about 
they need significant additions there. Now, granted, on the defensive line too, that we're gonna we're gonna assume that Cam Thomas is now becoming a defensive end. Um, Victor Demikaji is gonna be a defensive end. Um, but like between the edge and the defeat and defensive interior, major need. Cornerback, major need. The linebacker, you still pretty feel pretty good. Safety, you feel pretty good. But based on who's out there, like what are they gonna do with those positions? I on um, the defensive line, I I I have a a little bit of a feeling that perhaps Fletcher Cox um, could be on the horizon. Um. Maybe depends on the relationship he's got with JG, but he'd be the type of player that you'd bring in. Um, you you can pay him decent money; he's still going to produce, but not at the same level. But you you can get him, and he, it wouldn't even co- cost JJ Watt money because JJ Watt was paid significantly still. Yeah, and you've got some interesting ones. I mean, you look at the you look at the names that are available still, and that just came available. I mean, a guy like Frank Clark just became available. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just throwing names out there. I learned Larry Ogunjobi, you know, is available. Matt Ioannidis is available. Uh, Morgan Fox, who's you know uh, been a good rotational guy inside, is available. Ashawn Robinson. Um, you know, so you've got some guys that you could you could grab that could fill out this defense if needed. Um, like you said, they're not going to be game changers. You're not going to get guys that are like you're you're not going to get freaks or things like that. But you can get some guys um, that can be rotational guys and help this defense Im- probably improve, right? Um, but yeah, there's not there's not a guy out there that you're like, oh wow, this is this is the guy. Um on the on the defensive backside of things, you know, they've got some interesting ones. I'm not sure how up to date these things are. So if I if somebody's re-signed, I apologize ahead of time. William Jackson uh, came available. Shaq Griffin's out there. Yeah, Shaq Griffin's an interesting one. Um, you know, Marcus Peters is interesting. Um, you know, he's older, but you could probably get him on like a, a two-year, you know, one or two-year deal for like $10 million total. That would be, you know, and he'd be a, a veteran, like you said. Shaq Griffin, same type of deal. You could probably get him for like two years, seven to, to $9 million. Um Anthony Brown's available, who's, you know, not terrible. Uh, <laughs> I love how we're describing these players as not terrible. And right. we look at it, Troy Brown, uh, not Troy Brown, but Troy Hill uh, had a couple stints with uh, with the Rams. Interesting name as well, because we, we're familiar with him. Um, if we go down the line a little bit, if we're thinking, now granted, uh, Dave Sears dealt more with the college side, but he would have been very familiar with the players on the roster. Mike Hughes was in Detroit last season. Um, but yeah, there's there's not... I mean, there's still Antonio Hamilton out there, but there there's not much out there. You're like, yeah. Like, it doesn't feel like defensively right now that even though that's Gannon's thing that they're going to be piecemealing a defense this year. Yeah. But how they the last two years as well? Like that's been kind of one thing that people have said in defense of, uh, in defense of Lance Joseph is like, look what he's had to work with or who he's had to work with. And it's, I mean, you can't say that's not true. I mean, people got upset with the way they deployed um, Collins Isaiah Simmons, but at the same time, you've got a guy, you know, you've you've had guys that were hurt and banged up and injured uh, that weren't, you know, that just never really came to fruition. And I think that's been the biggest thing for this this team is that the guys you relied on captured and then you never really had the money to have guys in 
backup because you kept chasing other positions. So that's, I mean, that's what I said. You know, when people look at the Murphy and the Wag or the Wagner, excuse me, the uh, the Allen contracts, you have to look at it as a reset. Like it really is. Like they're resetting this this team to be able to piece together what they feel is the best you know, fits and, and whether or not we agree with it is, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Um, the reality is this is a team that has a lot of dead money still for guys that aren't even on the roster and that needs to find a way to, to fix this. And, you know, they, they got Kaiser white to start with and they've got, you know, like you said, Fletcher Cox, Robert Robert Quinn are two guys that you know were with the Eagles and JG last year. How interested are they in coming over? Um, you know, and and being a part of this, and and would they be interested in that? Um, and then you go to the other side of things. You know, you look at you look at the guys from Tennessee, right? Like what guys from Tennessee? Um, has David Long been signed? He's a linebacker, though. Yes. Never mind. I was thinking he was the tight or the defensive end. Um, you know, and so there's just, I mean, there are just guys that you've got to look at and understand that, yeah, this is probably going to be a lean year in terms of like high end talent, but they've got some choices and, and they've got some decisions to make and they're trying to make those of as best as possible to put them in a, in a more successful place long-term defensively. It, it feels like they, they've got to redo things. Obviously the entire defensive line cornerback, but on the offensive side of the ball, the position, uh, the center position still is a mystery, right? And we felt, we thought that they were going to prioritize that position and all the, all the centers, that, that you would think would be in play have come off the board. Uh, so go, Garrett Bradbury, re-sign. Ethan Posick, re-sign. You know, Bradley Bose, re-sign. Jake Brendel for the 49th, re-sign. Jason Kelsey, one year, re-sign. Um, what are they going to do at center? Because Rodney Hudson's not going to be it. I mean, Ben Jones is still out there, guy from the Titans. Obviously, ties with Monty Austin for it. Ryan I, th- Kelly. I still think that's where they're going to go. Uh, maybe that makes sense. Ryan Kelly is super intriguing to me because, you know, I, I still remember about how good he was coming out of college. I remember us talking to him as a, as a prospect on our draft shows and how good he's been. And it finds he's a really similar situation to Rodney Hudson. And kind of thrown out there, and Mike Jarecki did it, but, you know, Jarecki is not number one on, on most fans' list right now. However, the, the possibility, the Colts who sit there at number four, they need a quarterback that just released um, Matt Ryan. They need to get up to number three or get LeapFrog. Um, wouldn't it be really easy to include Kelly in a deal to the Cardinals that's part of that trade. And it might make sense. Maybe they need to maybe they need to uh, to give, you know, Kelly a little bit of money up front as a bonus to lower the, the financial impact on the Cardinals. But I feel like that might not be a bad way to go. Um also there's a Jonathan Gannon connection there. Gannon was over there coaching defensive backs, but he was there on the Colts uh, with Frank Reich. So there's a connection there. So Ryan Kelly, Ben Jones. But after those two, what? I mean, would they go Billy Price? Maybe they can uh, see if the Eagles want to trade Cam Jurgens. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, they wanted him last year. Right, but, maybe you like, get, but maybe, why would they do that? Why would they trade him when you know Kelsey's only play one year? Maybe you can get uh, give up pick ninety six for him or something. So you can uh, Connor McGovern, the, the the center version, Connor McGovern, not the yeah, guard, Connor McGovern. Uh, yeah, the guard signed with Buffalo. The center is still available from the he, New York. He's, he's a guy that that I kind of like in terms of he's not fantastic, but he's solid and he's been super durable. 
which is super important. And he isn't quite 30. So he's a little bit younger than Ryan Kelly. Um, the other the other names out there aren't are far from um, impressive because you know Justin Britt, uh, John Feliciano. You know if we're, we want to go with another another former Giants offensive lineman, um, Pat Elfline, but Elfline wasn't even a starter in Carolina. Yeah, a bunch of yeah, the the names aren't great. So not, like that's what I was asking. Are you going to rely on a a rookie? I mean, or crazy thought, maybe they all really like Lucita Smith. Um, I think that would be a, a hard sell. But Lucidas has got he got work at center. Um, I know the Cardinals felt last year that that was the future. Of, that that was the most promising future was him at center. Um, but I can't believe they, maybe maybe Billy Price is the guy that they're gonna lean on. I don't know. I just that position boggles my mind because you felt like at least at guard there were there were lots of options and you could you actually have options within the building but when when Rodney Hudson isn't it what are they doing <laughs> that's the thing what are you doing that 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 is the main thing for me like center makes no sense to me to everything else is just kind of whatever running back you're gonna need some bodies and I'm not too concerned about that because it's all but like J- James Connor's the guy like that's just it has to be because of the cap hit. Tight end, you've got Trey McVide. You know, you, even if if Zach Ertz isn't ready at the beginning of the year, you just need a guy. Um, receiver, you're going to need a receiver if you trade DeAndre Hopkins, but that hasn't happened yet. And you need a quarterback, but again, it's a guy who's going to fill in. So the, it doesn't feel like center really is the only position where you're like critical, critical. And, and and guard left guard now feels like okay you have options because you could you do have guys in the building if you want to lean on the young guys so you've got Josh Jones maybe you've got Lasita Smith you've got Mo Hayes coming off injured reserve that they loved last year so you at least have young guys now depending on the evaluation um, that they have and, and they still got some guys you got Quentin Harris in the building still um, you've got some of the scouts in the development so if they still believe in the development so you still have options that you could go with at left guard yeah and that's i mean that's the biggest thing right now is you're just kind of figuring out what's left and, and what's left to do and it's like there's still a ton left to do and you're like oh i see why they're uh they're signings right now like they're going to be the third and fourth wave of free agency like this is still the the you know the beginning of the second wave and and i feel like their their moves are going to be the third and fourth wave where you're talking about guys like you know mcgovern we're talking about guys like anthony brown and and you know maybe like a a fletcher cox who yes i know it's a big name but he's 34 years old right like it's he's, not it's yeah he's, he's, not a young, he's a typical arizona signing you know who like specialist who doesn't love to come to Arizona? Like we, Arizona fans, I think we take for granted just how great a place we have to live. Yes, it gets hot as hell, but during the summer, but this place, the social life, the weather, we live in a wonderful place. I love it here, and NFL players think it's great. Coaches, players, they think, especially this time here, free agency to come out here. I mean, they, they see all the golf courses. They see the weather. Uh, Arizona's a real, and that's why older players come here. It's the same reason why old people come here to retire. The same right. applies in the NFL. It's a great place to live. Yep. Um, obviously, they still need a punter. They still need a long snapper, but it kind of feels like they're going to be bringing back their, their guys again. Yeah, it seems like it's going to happen. And with that, let's let's wrap up this edition of the Rise of Sea Red Podcast. Best our Cardinals talk about this episode four hundred eight. Later in the week, we will have another show, whether it's me alone or me and Seth, because there are more moves to come. Uh, that's Seth Cox. I'm just we'll be back again soon. Thanks for listening, as always. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red Podcast. Listen to previous episodes and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Audio Boom or many other podcast platforms so shows are delivered directly to your mobile device. Please give the show a five-star rating and always support the sponsors who support the show. We'll be back soon for the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Rise up Red Sea, be Red Sea Red, and of course, 
Rise Up Sea Red. going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.